All right, well, it has been a full morning already and uh, full service, and so we're, we're going to have to get right to um, our time uh, in the sermon. But if you're new with us today, in case you're wondering uh, who I am, um, my name is Ike Unger. I'm the lead pastor here, and it's an honor for me to have an opportunity to speak to us today. Uh, we are finishing up our Living as a Church series today, um, but we've just begun this series um, for the year, and our theme for the year is How to Be Church. And today we're going to really touch on that topic. Um, the how is, is what we're going to be looking at, at very much today. So there's a few things that you're going to, if you attend regularly here, you're going to hear us talk about a, a lot. Number one will be our mission statement, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. This is something that I think has really taken root very well in this church, and we understand it, and, and we're doing our absolute best in all areas of this church to live out this mission statement and to incorporate it, not as just something that we know cognitively, but something that we, actually, uh, that we are truly guided by. We believe that this is what Scripture uh, teaches us, that the church is not about staying in-house. The church is about expanding and going and bringing the gospel to the whole world. The other second thing that you will hear us talk about is not as frequently, but we talk about our aligned values and we talk about our vision. And one of the things that if you've ever sat through any of the teaching on this is we believe very much that the mission never changes, and we'll talk about that more, but the vision can change constantly. The vision is fluid. And also that means that the vision for the entire, um, you know, different ministries may be different than for in one ministry than the other ministry. The vision of how the mission is expressed in those ministries will need to be different. So what I want to do today is look at, first and foremost, what is the difference between the mission and the vision? What do we mean by, by each of these? So the first one, uh, the vision, the vision is the dream of the pastor often. It's, it's, it's something that the board asked me to come up with. And, and so how are we this year? It's the, it's the theme that we came up with uh, for this year, how to be church. In a sense, it's a vision casting and saying, this is the theme for the year. This is the direction we want to go. This is where we want to put some focus. So it's, it's on me to, to come up with that, to take it to the board, to have obviously buy-in from, from the leadership and to, to have buy-in from you. But it's, it's often the vision of a church is something that the pastor works through, guided by God, and then, uh, you know, it, so it's birthed out of the pastor. It's ultimately owned by the congregation. So the vision is this. It's the fire, the flavor, the feel that drives our unique expression of the Great Commission. Okay? So the, the vision, in a sense, is... The flavor of the mission. How, how is junior youth going to express the mission of the church? It's going to be different than how maybe the seniors ministry is going to express it. You're not going to do the same thing. And so the vision, this is very important, it is constantly changing. And it may not look the same within each of the ministries. Women's ministry is going to have a vision for women's ministry on how to fulfill the mission. Men's ministry is going to have a vision for how to fulfill the mission in their ministry. And so this is something, again, that we want to recognize and that is important. The mission, this is the key ministry objective of the church. And so it doesn't change. 
And whether it's today or whether it's a month from now, whether it's a year from now, I believe the mission of the church always stays the same, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. And we get our mission out of Matthew chapter 28, 19, and 20. And we've preached on that last Sunday. If you haven't watched that sermon, I would encourage you to do that. So today we want to look at how are we going to fulfill our mission and this is very much connected then to our theme of the year. Really, our theme for the year is a vision statement. Looking at this year, how to be church. You know, we said in the opening, when we introduced the theme, we said we want to focus more on connecting as a congregation to remove some of that division. And we also want to focus more on not just doing ministry to the family, but doing ministry through the family. And so these are some things that we um, are doing in order to express our mission. So that means that this is then our vision for the year, how to be church. And so this is something that we want to really focus on. And so I believe that as a church, there, is, there are some, some areas of vision, some things that we need to be doing that reflect on all of us at all times. And so even though it may be, you know, Youth ministry is doing this, and children's ministry is doing this, and whatever ministry is doing their own thing. But in some way, for us here on Sunday morning, there are sort of four key things that I believe we should be doing every single Sunday in order to fulfill our mission. And so we're going to look at these really quick. But remember, it starts with our mission. It always starts with the mission. We can never lose sight of our mission. The mission of the church is to bring people to a relationship with Jesus, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach everything that Jesus taught us. And then, you know, one day he will come back and take us to be with him. But this is something the church can never, ever lose sight of. This, I believe, is the mission for all times. So the first one that we want to look at today is, as a congregation, one of the visions, one of the ways that we express and we fulfill this mission is through praise and worship, through worshiping our God. We need to start in that area. And this is, again, this could be something that maybe if you're meeting um, as a board, you're like, yeah, well, worship and praise obviously is not only through music, but it can be done in different ways. And so praise and worship is one vision that we have that all of us should be incorporating and doing in order to fulfill our mission. If you have your Bibles with you, if you have the Bible app or whatever you're using today, I would love for you to turn to Psalm chapter 100. We're going to spend a little bit of time in this, looking at this theme, at, at this first point, this first vision. Psalm 100, chapter 1 to verse 5. It says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, Yahweh, all caps. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with a joyful song. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Praise His name. For the Lord is good, and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. As we worship, as we are follow, as followers of Jesus, worship and praise to our God should be part of something that we do regularly. This is one way that we fulfill our mission. This is one of the flavors of being a Jesus follower. If you're a fully devoted follower of Jesus, one of the flavors, one of the, the, the ways that that mission is expressed is in us living lives of worship 
and praise to our God. This is going to be difficult at times, but it will also be difficult for us to bring other people to become fully devoted followers of Christ if we ourselves are not worshipers. Why would someone follow us and say, yeah, you should, you should give your life to Jesus and worship God and follow him, and our lives look like we have no use for God, or we never talk about him, or we never express any kind of praise or gratitude towards him? There are many, many translations of the Bible, as you know, and one of the translations that I love the way they use this psalm is, is the easy English translation. Um, not, not a very common one, but it says it this way, and I don't have a slide for this, but listen to how this translation uses or, or, or works with this, these verses. He says, Everyone on earth, shout to the Lord. Do something for the Lord to show that you are happy. Come to Him with songs of joy. Know that the Lord really is God. He made us, and we are His people. <coughs> we are His sheep in His field. Say thank you when you walk through his gate. Stand in front of his temple and say good things about him. Do all of this because the Lord is good. He is always loving and kind. He will always do what he has promised to us. If you want to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ, then we need to be a church that is worshiping our God. Worship is obviously more than just singing. We need to worship in how we live and how we express ourselves on, day, on a daily basis. This will draw people into um, a relationship with God. So here are some questions for us to wrestle through. As you think about your life, as you think about how you have lived throughout this week, think about these questions. If someone were to watch you for a whole week, they're just going to, follow you around, would they see or would they want to be like you? If someone were to just watch you all the time, would they want to be like you? Would they be like, man, that person, the joy they have, the, the, the sense of you know, confidence and, and security and, and whatever it might be, would they want to be who you are? Another question. What would you hear, what would they hear you talk about? If they were to listen to you week after, you know, just let's say even just for a week, what's the topic that they would hear you talk about the most? What would they see in you that gets you excited? What are the things that, you know, this makes this person really excited? And here's where they, man, you, you bring that up and they are, you know, they're, 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 they're on it. What would they say you love more than anything else? And what would they say is your greatest passion? What's the thing you're just most passionate about in life? Now remember, a few Sundays ago, I spoke about the global church. And one of the trends that's happening, which is beautiful, is that more and more non-Christians know someone who is a Christian. Do these non-Christians see us worshiping God? Living our lives in expression of worship and gratitude and praise? Or they, do they see us grumbling and complaining and miserable? If we are not worshiping God, I think we need to honestly consider how we feel others are going to be drawn to this God 
that we don't even want to take time to worship. So let's go back to Psalm 100. We're going to read it again. Psalm 100. Listen to the instructions here. They're so clear. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. So singing is important. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. We are his. We are his people. The sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates. This is obedience. We come into his presence. But we do this with thanksgiving. We come into his courts. We, we bow down before him with praise. We give thanks to him. And we praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. We should not be afraid to express our worship to God. When we get together like this, it should be something that's easy. It should be something that we spend a lot of time talking about. So when we get together with our friends, Jesus should be someone that we are talking about. Just as we're not afraid to, hey, did you see the latest thing in the news about our favorite team? Or, or when our team wins and we're the only one in the room that cheers for the team, you're still like, I don't care. That's my team. I'm cheering for him. In a similar way, we need to have our mind on Christ. That even in the midst of our relationships where maybe people are not Jesus followers or maybe they are Jesus followers, but we're so concerned about what, what they might think about us. In this moment, we decide, no, even here, I will express my worship to God. I don't need to pick on any uh, certain groups, but truckers. Sorry, you guys are easy targets. Um, when you meet with a trucker and you talk to them for a little while, guess what they're talking about? Trucking. I see some Maple Leaf fans over there. Sorry, your jersey, your, I see it. I feel for you, but I see it. When you meet with that guy, I won't call him out, but I guarantee you, you'll be talking about hockey at some point. And I'm not saying good or bad. It just happens. Whether it's baseball, whether it's movies, whether it's technology, whether it's video games, whether it's the weather. We find ourselves sometimes in these circles and we are not afraid to talk about those topics. Especially when they matter to us. As I was saying to someone today, if you're new to Canada, welcome to Southern Ontario. This is Southern Ontario weather. It rains in the middle of winter. We don't understand, but it does. And we have no issue talking about these topics. I want to encourage us as a church, we cannot refuse to worship Jesus in whatever environments we are in. We don't need to be obnoxious about it. We don't need to be rude about it. But let's live our lives as an expression of worship wherever we are. Again, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come before God every single time. Enter his courts with praise. Our lives need to be an expression of praise, giving thanks for all he has done, calling out his name, worshiping him no matter where we are. And yes, at times it may seem out of place. But if Jesus truly is what is most important in our lives, then worshiping him must be something that we are willing to do wherever we are. So I want to give you some permission here. And I don't know if I need to do this. But one of the things that we've been working on for the last number of years already is in this room. Just giving each other more permission to express our worship 
as we want. Some of you are like, man, I feel like I'd like to raise my hands at times. And then you get asked to and you're like, okay, good. But now I'm really only doing it because I was asked to. Some of you are like, I am not raising my hands. I don't care what you ask me to do. And one of the things that I keep hearing from people over and over and over is I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I hesitate to express myself that way because I wonder what the people around me are going to think. I, I just, that's wrong. We must be free in this place to express ourselves to worship God. If you need to come and you need to bow down, if you need to raise your hands, these are, these are expressions that contribute to the words that we are singing, to, the, to the, what God is doing in our hearts. And if we're afraid to do it in our, amongst each other. My guess is that we're even more afraid to do it at times in other places. So one of the visions that we have as a church is that we will be a church that fulfills the mission through praise and through worship. Another one is we embrace one another and we build community. This is, again, another way that we will fulfill our mission. We will embrace one another and we will build community. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 and on, Jesus is being tested here and they're kind of trying to trick him. And so they ask him, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And they're hoping he's going he's gonna to say something wrong and then they can trap him. So Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And love the law and the prophets, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. We are to love God with everything. I think that's pretty, that's pretty self-explanatory. That's kind of a no-brainer. Most of us here, you know, we would, we would nail that one down pretty, pretty quickly, but it's the second one that's often a little bit more difficult to do. And yet, if we are going to fulfill our mission, one of the ways, one of the ways that we are going to do that is by building community, by loving one another. The Apostle John, he says it this way in 1 John chapter 4, verse 21, he says, And he has given us this command... Jesus speaking, or he's speaking about Jesus. He says, whoever loves God must love his brothers, the church. How do we embrace one another? We, how do we love one another? I think sometimes this can be complicated because we don't always agree, and so it's not always easy. So let's start with the things that are maybe a little bit easier. Some of the little things that we can do amongst each other. Things like holding the door for someone. Saying hello, spending some time, listening to one another, forgiving one another. Another way that we can embrace people is by praying for one another. Building a, an environment, a, a community here within the church where when you come into this place, these are not just your people, these are not just the people who belong to your church, these are people who are invested in your pain and who will, who will pray with you and carry your weight and your burdens with you. Invite people into your homes, not just to talk about politics and weather and stuff that doesn't matter for eternity, but to invite people into your home to love them, to build one another up, and to cherish one another. In order for us to fulfill our mission, we must embrace one another, and especially those who are new to the faith and those who are new inside our community. Every week we hear about people, first time in this church, 
And some of us who've been here a long time, we forget how difficult it is to walk into a new environment, into a new place for the first time. Some of you have just recently done that. And you see how we know each other and, and all those kind of things. And it can be a little intimidating walking into here. Let's all have eyes to see who's coming in and who's walking in and who needs to be loved and who needs to be welcomed and who needs to be accepted. So we need to embrace one another and build community. Third way is we need to train, equipping for service. And that's part of coming together as Sunday morning, as part of going to meetings, as part of doing courses and all those kind of things. We need to prepare one another to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. But this isn't just about having answers. This isn't just about head knowledge. This isn't just about, well, I went to you know, take some Bible college courses or I went to university for this or whatever it might be. Those are important. I'm all for education. But part of training one another is this idea of mentoring, sharing our life experiences with one another. Some of you have experienced hardships. You've experienced you know, huge victories. You need to open yourself up and say, one of the things that I have to offer this congregation is my life experiences. So that someone else is maybe experiencing for the first time, you know, the news that there's a health concern and how do we walk through this? And you find out about it and you're like, man, we walked through, we had this exact journey in our lives a few years ago and you can make connections to this person and, and you would understand them in a way that maybe others wouldn't and you would share of yourself. That's also part of training and equipping life experiences. We must be willing to be taught because in order to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, we will at times need to give answers to people who have growing questions. And so we need to be willing to grow and to listen and to learn. Listen to what Paul says, though, in, first, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 and 29. He says, He is the one who we proclaim, admonishing, teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. There's a journey here. There's about... Not staying as infants, it's about becoming mature in Christ. But listen to what he says in verse 29. To this end, I earnestly contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. This isn't just with our own energy, it's with all of the energy that Christ gives us. We may at times think that, well, I don't have it. I don't know how to do this, and you limit yourself, and the Holy Spirit is working in you, and He will empower you to do what He has called you to do. You've heard me speak on this. God will never call you to do something He has not equipped you and will empower you to do. And if you are in this church today, one of the things that He has called you to, and He has equipped you for, and He will empower you to do, that is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. You are part of the equipping team. All of us. That's part of our vision. We cannot fulfill our mission from the pastor. We cannot fulfill the mission from the board. Every single one of us needs to recognize that one of the ways I am going to help this church fulfill the mission is by using my life experiences to draw other people in. Maybe you're a carpenter and you've never thought of it as a spiritual thing. Maybe you're a trucker and you've never thought of it as a spiritual thing. But you are going to connect with certain people in a way that I never will. And you can use those conversations to equip and to train. And everyone said amen. In Ephesians chapter 1, 
It says that those who believe are marked with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit. And we are God's possession. And that's all of us. Not just those who have been vocationally called to full-time ministry. All of us have been marked with a seal and have been promised that we are God's possession. What we must do now do is be willing to be used by God in the areas that we have been gifted. Even if that gifting is in an area that is not always seen as vocational church ministry. I've talked to some of you, and it's been beautiful over the years, and these conversations have been happening for many, many years, how you are at the job site doing something, and out of that conversation, you're having these, out of that, that environment, you are having these conversations with people. And if a pastor to walk in there and say, hey, I want to talk to you about Jesus, who are you? And that conversation would never happen. So see your gifting. See your calling, your, your job as a place where you can fulfill the mission by equipping, training, through conversation. And then the last one, extend the kingdom. And our very own vision takes us back to our mission. If you've known me for a while, then you know that everything hinges on the mission of this church. And one of the things that we must recognize that our vision for how we're going to fulfill the mission is to make sure we never lose sight of the mission. So this brings us back full circle. Being a Christian is about obeying the command of God to go into the world. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 says, For the Spirit of God does not give us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So that so do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. So all of us here today, I trust that if you ever find yourself in a place where you can share the gospel of Jesus or where you can just live out the gospel of Jesus and the love of Jesus, that in that moment you would recognize that the spirit that dwells in you is not a spirit of timidity. And you may need to in that moment say, God, now I need more courage. Now I need more boldness. Now I need words to say. Now I need to be reminded that I am a child of God and I have been called by God to take the gospel of Jesus to this person, into this conversation. All the power of God's Spirit will be given to you for that moment. Because God desires for us to fulfill his mission. And if you and I are ever in a place where we're like, man, now I'm, I'm afraid. First thing we should ask is why? What are we listening to? What are we concerned about? Why is it that this moment I am experiencing this fear? And almost always I would say we're going to find out that the enemy is at work. And he would love for us to not have this talk or to not express ourselves or whatever it might be. Now again, let's make sure that all of our expressions and all the things that we do line up with Scripture, not, not something else. But let's remember that our mission stays the same, but these four things, worshiping, building community, um, training and equipping, and then always reminding ourselves that we cannot, I cannot be the one, you cannot be the one who gives up on taking the mission to the world. Let's pray. So God, that was a lot of information again, really quickly. 
But I want to pray specifically right now for those in this room who are struggling to believe that for themselves. Maybe they have never really considered that their job, their location, is a place where you have called them specifically to do the church's work. I pray, God, today that you would show them and and be able to expose them to this truth, that you can use them in that place. I want to also pray for the person in the room here maybe who's thinking that I'm not good enough. I don't have enough answers. I don't have enough education. I don't have enough Bible memorized. God, I pray that every single person in this room right now would recognize that we need to do our, our best to equip ourselves, but we need to also be willing to step out in faith to be used by you to accomplish what you want to accomplish in our lives. So we bring all ourselves to you. We ask God that you would use us now to go from here. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless.